Welcome back to another episode of Touch Icing. I am Tony Picknich alongside me, Eric Johnson. No Trish today. He is currently out to dinner, and we had no other time slot to fill the episode of this podcast. Where do you so think he is? Ah, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine he's that too fancy of an establishment. Probably, <laughs> probably one of your diners? Yeah, probably a diner around here. But, Eric, I, I do want to talk to you about something. You know, I, as you know, I've been a Team E fan for as long as uh, we can both remember. I have all the oh. Team E apparel. You're a Team E fan, too? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're finally landing a superstar in Lafreniere. So, we should go to a Team E game together. Oh, man, the debacle that is the NHL draft lottery. Team E wins the draft lottery, and they – a team to be named later will have the number one overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft. <sighs> Man, I feel so – I don't feel bad for Detroit. I feel bad for L.A. and Ottawa more than Detroit because Detroit was good for 25 seasons. Well, L.A. moved up. That's the thing. Yeah. So I, I can't really be too, too bothered with, with L.A. I, I kind of don't feel bad for Ottawa, too, because they get two really good players still. Yeah. But I feel least bad for Detroit. <laughs> I, I don't, you're not going to see any sympathy from no. Detroit here. They had the worst season post, what, 20-team expansion? Probably, yeah. And it was, it was all for basically nothing, if you think about it. Do you think that it was worse, though, than the Colorado team we had a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. Man. Because there were a lot of games that Colorado team was at least competitive, you know? This... I read something that said, like, Detroit won, like, five games by more than one goal or something like that. Yeah. And I think two of those games came against Boston, which really doesn't make sense. Which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so – the team that would have won the draft lottery if this was the top uh, teams in the tournament or top regular playoff qualifying, it would have been Winnipeg. They had the uh, they were the twelfth worst team in the league, so the Winnipeg Jets would have the number one overall pick, which would have been Lafreniere. Yeah, and he would have looked very nice alongside Kyle Connor and uh, Patrick Laine. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but. Well, we don't know. We, Jets fans still might be able to see this, and I, I think it would be justice if the Winnipeg Jets won. That'd be the hockey gods saying, hey, we screwed up. Yeah. Our bad. I think the way they should have done this was not Wait. announce, not do a draft lottery until – you could do it now, fine. And if there's uh, no change, there's no change. But let's say this is the situation. You say, okay, it was a team not in the draft lottery uh, currently, but we're not going to tell you what position it was. Let the qualifying round shake out, and then the team that fell into that slot after the qualifying round wins the draft lottery. Now, those teams won't know whether or not they're in that slot, and management won't know whether or not the team falls into that slot. But that just would have been – it would have been more justice to it, I feel like, if it was done that way. The NHL should have never announced which of the eight placeholder teams won. Yeah, that's a bad look. Because nope. they, still, they still could have not said anything, and then they could have made the other draft lottery phase two look like, well, you know, this team won, but really it's the team in the spot anyway. If they didn't, just made it look good. If they didn't say anything, there would be a lot less controversy right now. 
Yeah, but they had to go and say something. Man, I thought you couldn't top 2015 in terms of controversy with the draft lottery. I think that I think this tops it. It's just the whole pandemic and everything, and oh uh, man, it's ah, I'm just upset. Imagine being Lafreniere, and you still don't know, but you could walk into an absolutely fantastic situation. Like you could walk into a Pittsburgh or an Edmonton, but you also could walk into a Montreal. Like you're trying, like you're trying to buy a house. And you're like, oh, I don't know where. Now I can't. Should I, should I buy in Pittsburgh? Should I buy in Minnesota? Should I buy in Vancouver? Should I buy in, you know, Long Island? You don't know. It's, the whole thing was just so messed up. The whole thing. It should have, the draft lottery should have just been the top seven teams, you know, that, did, that aren't resuming play. I mean, we'll go back to a normal draft lottery after this season, but you have a generational talent at yeah. the fingertips on the levels of McDavid yeah, available this year. And now you, we don't know. Now they haven't announced the second, the date of the second phase of the draft lottery. We're because assuming because there's no hard date yet for qualifying. Right? We're assuming around the second week of August, but even yeah. then we're taking a shot in the dark. Yeah, you would be just picking a date out. I, I, but it's just so upsetting that the qualifying round is going to determine who is going to land Alexi uh, Lafreniere. You but know? it's so much fun. I know, I know. But stupid, but it's fun. It's fun, yes. But it's just wrong. It's wrong. That's you try to figure out a word to describe it. It's wrong. We shouldn't be at this point. My other favorite part of the draft lottery was going on social media and looking at all the Buffalo fans saying the league hates us because they didn't give us the number one pick in the draft. Relax. You guys got Jack Eichel a few years ago. I mean, Devils fans said the same thing. Again. You relax. won three draft lotteries. Yeah, well, I mean, let's not talk about the one they, the first one they won because that was the old rules. You move up to the, Devil, the highest Devils move up was, was four and they drafted Adam Larson who they parlayed into Taylor Hall. But. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you, you can make some good out of the bad. Uh, I just it, – it it leaves so much more to be desired because I wanted an answer in the worst way, you know? I wanted to know where he was going. I wanted to prepare myself to know where Lafreniere would be playing. But now I, I don't know. Uh, so – the phase two of the draft lottery will be determined between the teams that lose in the qualifying round. Each team will have a 12.5% chance. And th- there's, there's like no – this is going to be Arizona, right? That's because they have Taylor Hall. Yeah. That um, would make it – the last three times Taylor Hall's team has been eligible to win the number one overall pick, they have if, if Arizona wins. Could you imagine if, it, could you, could you imagine if it's Toronto? Where, where do you think the NHL would like to see most? Which one do you, do I think the NHL wants to see most, or which one do I think Batman wants to see most? Batman, because there's a big part of me that says he really wants to see Pittsburgh win this thing, or Chicago between those two. Yeah. What about the NHL? Arizona or Florida? Yeah. 
I mean, it it would be right if it's Montreal, Winnipeg, you know, because Winnipeg won it. Montreal is just really bad. Montreal needs that pick. They do. The, the te- there's a couple teams I'm looking at that really need Lafreniere. Minnesota's one of them. I could give less of a shit if Minnesota won the draft lottery, to be honest with you. Their highest score this year was Kevin Fiala. They need the pick. I know. We went over this last night. <laughs> um, Florida needs the pick because a lot of their forwards are free agents, and I think a lot of them are leaving. Yeah. Uh, Montreal, obviously. For, for the obvious reasons that for the, the, obvious the whole team reason. is just bad. They're not even bad. They're just mediocre. Yeah, they're underperforming. That's that's really the thing. It's not even the fact that they're bad. It's that they're just mediocre. Uh, who else do I think? I think the um, league would love to see either New York, Toronto, Edmonton. But McDavid up there would be wild. Uh, Chicago. Columbus would be one the NHL does not want. What about Carolina? Hmm, what about Carolina? That's an interesting situation. It, it seems like Carolina is a place the league only likes when they're winning. Watch like Nashville get it. That would be weird. Because it's I – don't, I don't even think Nashville is that good. It's just they're not bad enough to the point where – Nashville – the problem is with Nashville is that, well, first of all, they have Sean Hines as coach. But second yeah. of all, they're in a really tough division. Yeah. Minnesota's just there. Yeah, it's not like they're competing for the division. They're always hanging around a playoff spot when they really shouldn't be. They wheel out players like Zach Parise, who's had like 9,000 back injuries. I don't know, man. I think out of the teams, though, they're in the play-in, I think Minnesota needs them the most. Really? I I would say Montreal needs them more than Minnesota. Montreal is the free agent um, ability where they can sign free agents on yeah, but because they're Montreal. I, I think Minnesota it's getting to the point with Montreal, that. though, where they're going to need some kind of attraction to bring higher-level free agents there. You know? And I think uh, Lafreniere would at least give them a step up, maybe not this year, but two, three years. In his hometown, ago. too. I think Minnesota, even if Lafreniere went there, I don't think he would – Minnesota would still be a very attractive landing spot for many players. Minnesota should, on paper should work. The hockey hot, hotbed of the United States, it should work. And well, it just doesn't. The, the fans and the attendance is not a problem. They're constantly top five in the league in attendance. Yeah, but how many players? I mean, you, you'd think you'd have a little bit more of the, of the Zach Parises who want to go home and play, and it's just not there. You know? They signed the one guy in free agency that wasn't from Minnesota. Probably the furthest away. He's from Oslo, and they signed him in free agency to a six-year contract. Yeah, which is – I think that was a little bit of a financial stability move for Matt Zuccarello. I mean – Hey, here's Zuccarello. Let's – If some other team would offer him that contract, let's say like a uh, – what's another unattractive place? Like a Long Island, not the most attractive place on the face yeah. of the earth. I think he would have went to the Islanders over Minnesota. He did say he wanted to stay in Dallas, which is saying something. Yeah, and Dallas just – Dallas is in a tough situation. They, they chose Pavelski over Zuccarello, which is a good choice. That was a good choice. <laughs> but 
funny, if you look at the numbers, they're pretty much the same this year. Yeah, but with Pavelski, it's less of a yearly commitment than Zuccarello would have been. Because yeah. Pavelski got, what, a three-year deal? Three years, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it gives you more flexibility down the line. Uh, let, let's talk a little hub cities because uh, things have definitely changed in the last week. Wah, wah for Vegas. Yeah, Vegas was uh, has been a lock for what seems like the past two months is now no longer hosting the uh, NHL playoff return to play due to rising COVID-19 numbers in the state of Nevada. Uh, it's going to be Edmonton and Toronto. I mean, I like it. I like the way – Canada has handled the growth of the coronavirus. They've done it the correct way. There's cases aren't rising at Edmonton and Toronto. And the NHL made a very smart move here, and they should be commended for that. The Stanley Cup is going to be awarded in Edmonton for the first time since probably the Gretzky days. Oh, not since the Messier day. Or was that in Edmonton? Did they win it in Boston, though? I don't know off the top of my head. I think they, I think they might have been in Boston because I think Messi was wearing blue. I'm not a hundred percent sure though. They were in Boston. Okay. For Game Five. Okay, so yeah, it's the first time since the Gretzky era. <laughs> and I mean, McDavid should have wished a, a little bit harder when he said, "I just want a Stanley Cup in Edmonton," because he got well, it. He, well, he's going to get a Stanley Cup in Edmonton. Just not a. Uh, it might not be his team. I don't think it's going to be his team. It's just not what he's I mean, looking it, for. I mean, it very well could be. You don't know what the NHL playoffs. Yeah, especially if you have players like Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid. It definitely gives your team a shot. You're also talking about the Oilers, whose best player at one point was Ryan Smith and Chris Pronger as an eight seed. Yeah. And one goal away from winning the Stanley Cup. Yep. <laughs> it's strange how the – the stars can align come, well, usually late April now into I June. Now so it's July happy. and August. I'm so happy that we have two hub cities and neither of them are in the U.S. NBC must be punching the air right now. I would say normally, yeah, but does it really matter since it's not going to be just all Edmonton games? It's not like it's just Canadian teams playing. It's going to be American teams just in Canada. I'll say this, though. If the Stanley Cup ends up being like Edmonton, Toronto. Then they're going to be punching the air. They are going to be furious. If, they, if it ends up being Edmonton, Toronto, they should go back and forth. They should. Yeah. yeah. They real, they, come on. You could make a little bit of an amendment there. Like, okay, it's Edmonton, Toronto. Fine. Um, now the NHL, there's also some rumblings that it could be for the seven teams that are not in this, uh, qualifying stage. They could be playing against each other. Once home arenas start opening back up. What do you think of that? So when would that be about September? I would imagine it really depends on where's opening up first, you know, cause I feel like with the teams that are out, uh, New Jersey is a, could could be how's some seven team tournament yeah i'm just i'm just trying to think the teams that are out i know detroit's not bad in terms yeah. of buffalo buffalo's not bad because that's cuomo and the numbers are going down yeah in new york 
Um, I know there's more. L.A., no chance. No, L.A., San Jose, Anaheim, no chance. Ottawa? Ottawa's unique. Yeah. Like, very unique. Then there's the whole question, would those games be televised or would it just be for players to, you know, keep playing? Is it going to be like preseason thing? Because there's going to be a lot of players, if there's a risk to injury, they're not going to want to play. Especially with free agency now moved to November 1st. Tentatively. Yeah, we should probably talk about that, huh? I, yesterday is usually my favorite day of the year. I love July 1st. I absolutely love it every year. It's just having that taken away from me. I was on the golf course yesterday, but I much rather would have been sitting in front of a TV watching Bob McKenzie break down signings. By the way, this could be the final free agent frenzy for McKenzie, apparently. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I love Bob McKenzie. I think uh, – because what they just, TSN just took him off full time uh, world championship coverage, right? Yep. Yeah, but he said he's still going to hang around the free agency and the trade I'll say deadline. This, though, November first, with hockey free agency and the NFL, that's going to be an insane yeah. day. I love that the fact that ESPN has embraced uh, free agent frenzy in a way because they'll pick up the TSN feed. It, NHL Network does the Sportsnet feed, but I don't like the Sportsnet crew as much. And having them pick up the feed, it's so much easier than having to find some, uh, you know, bootleg Reddit stream just so I can watch the TSN crew break down free agency. <laughs> Same thing on trade deadline day. Which which are you watching first? Are you watching are you watching the football game? Or are you watching free agent frenzy? Uh, so free agent frenzy will be November first. November that's a Sunday. But the Giants don't play on that Sunday. And you I'm a Giants out. fan. Yeah, I lucked you out. Giants got Monday out. night that week. I have 1 p.m. at Green Bay. Uh, damn, it, it opens at noon. And it opens at it, noon. You could leave it. You're a Viking fan. You could go back. You can miss the pregame stuff. Uh, and then... You know, commercial also, breaks flip to the other channel or, or have it open on a laptop. I also, I also do have, like, multiple TVs in my house, so. Yeah, so you'll be fine. If I were – I'll tell you this, though. For the Jets fans, uh, highly recommend watching Free Agent Frenzy. Yeah. That is a rough game. <laughs> <laughs> Who they got that week? At Kansas City. Every game's a rough game. <laughs> what time? <laughs> 1 p.m. Oh, damn, right in the meat of free agent frenzy. Uh, so, yeah, as long, it's a good thing we're getting dates set. Finally, right? It makes, us, it, makes it feel like we're getting closer. Whether or not we actually are, I don't know. But baseball players reported today. By the way, um, for the NFL, how about, how about the CBA getting ratified? Yeah. Pretty damn close. Yeah, I mean, it all just looks good for sports. It's the best it's ever looked for sports without it actually being on TV. Apparently, the players are going to approve the return to play, by the way. This weekend? Yeah, and we're going to get some some pretty hard dates set eventually. Yeah, which is the next step after uh, complete ratification of the return to play format by the players is let's start laying down days and seeing when we're actually going to get back. 
I think what the NHL said July 30th right now could be the dates for the game starting. Yes, which yeah. is a week after the MLB resumes. The MLB yeah. had this. They had this. In yeah, and now they're going to be competing with other sports. It's also, now they're competing with two other Is it sports. in a day before the NBA resumes too? Yes. So there it is. NHL got their date. I'm just so happy it looks like it's coming back. You know, barring something huge. I'm pumped. I can't wait. I can't wait until we see all the Stanley Cup highlights from the 2020 playoffs and it's just emptiness. It's just silence for overtime. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to hear screams of players. I can't wait to hear the communication on the ice and like the the talking from the bench. I know the NBA is doing a a little bit of a delay to – so they can block out the cursing, but I, as an NHL fan, I, I want it. Yeah, I, I want to hear Marshawn screaming at Matthews if it comes down to it. I was say, I want to hear Ovechkin yelling at Evgeny Malkin in Russian. It's what get, I want. Can we get some guys mic'd up? Like, can we? Get they should mic up every single up? player. Man, I would love for Mike Babcock to be still coach of Toronto right now because him yelling at Tortorella. Oh man, no Tortorella! Tortorella yelling at anybody would be just. The Amazing. fact that it's this is happening now, we don't have Peter Laviolette in, we don't have Mike Babcock in, it's a bit of a crime, but John Tortorella is going to make up the ground. I'm telling you. Listen, the fact once Tor- when Tortorella was hired by Columbus, I'm like, okay, we're going to get some good sound bites at least. And we got plenty of good sound bites. I'm very happy. I, I, I just can't wait for everything to be back. So uh, is there anything else you want to go through this episode? Um, what else did we want to talk about? I did see, though, uh, apparently the Devils want John Merrill back. When they lost him in the expansion draft, um, he was a bad defenseman in New Jersey. But the year before he got selected by Vegas in the expansion draft, it looked like he was finally turning it around, finally picking up the game, and then he was gone. Devils lost him. And then he went to Vegas, and I thought he was going to step in and play a bit, but he's really been a seventh defenseman there the whole time he's been in, in Vegas. And here, I, I see no reason to play John Merrill over somebody like Ty Smith, who's got to get a year off his contract this year anyway, who's going to either play in the AHL or NHL anyway. You know? How about it, the fact that the Devils are, are having head coach candidates tell them hire GM You have GM to hire first. a GM first. I, it's just, they have to be told that. I don't understand why you need to be told that. It's common sense, you know. I, it's just, I. There's also reports coming out of there that nobody really knows who's heading up the search. That people, different people, are con- interviewing different candidates, and it's spread all around the organization, which is just going to lead to failure. Which means somebody in there is very high on Lindy Ruff. Yeah, I know what that means. But then there was another rumor that came out saying the Lindy Ruff thing was a smokescreen, and all that talk is coming from outside of the Devil's Camp, not within it, which worries me a little bit more because nobody really knows what they're thinking. David uh, Pagnotta of the fourth period said there's going to be something later in the week regarding the Devils. Maybe that could be just the How to Fix the Team series he's doing. But it could also mean, hey, we got some news on a potential coach. I would hope. Not, I would hope GM before coach because that's it makes sense. But the Devils haven't been a team to make sense in the in the past. I it's just it, it worries me. 
did you did, did did you see uh did you watch the draft lottery? Did you see Buffalo's new GM just sitting there? I did. I saw the, the that poor the guy. That, talk about management. That poor guy. <laughs> my my other favorite my other favorite part of the draft lottery was when Eiserman came out and he was asked about moving down to four and said we expected it. Yeah, we're not surprised. And then the well, other part like, we've we've all been tested regularly. We're all testing our prospects. Perf- we're, we're doing our part in testing the prospects, except one of the teams. Yep. Who got I, to do a little bit more than everybody else. Who was able to do a little bit more. I died laughing at that. I mean, it's, Steve Eisenman's good. I mean, when you're a former player, sometimes the shit just comes natural. And Steve Eisenman comes from an era in hockey where there was a lot of trash talk. And he had a lot That's of trash Detroit. talkers on that Detroit team with him. So the fact that he is able to come up with stuff like that, there's no surprise to me. I, I mean, I'm sure he has something just set in the chamber ready for each team in the NHL. Just ready to go. Apparently, the rumor coming out of St. Louis is that the Blues will have to trade two highly paid players in order to keep Petrangelo, which means Justin Falk could be exposed at the expansion draft to Seattle. That doesn't help him now, though. It doesn't. Listen, as a Devils fan, I'll take Vince Dunn off your hands because they're not going to be able to retain him. I think I could see Petrangelo and Dunn being gone. I don't know what their pipeline looks like when it comes to prospects coming up. We could step in. But losing Petrangelo on that blue line would be such a big piece gone. And Justin Falk did underperform this year in the Blues uniform. Petrangelo is 30 years old. And he's going to want seven, seven years from a free – he might want eight from St. Louis. He's going to definitely want seven at least from a free agency team. I mean, I don't know where he'd go is the thing. Uh, Anywhere that could land him and afford him is not a team that's looking to win a Stanley Cup right now, you know. His best opportunity to win a Stanley Cup is going to be to stay with St. Louis. But if they can't afford it, if they don't want to cough up the cash, he'll leave. I mean, maybe who would you – what's the biggest name you consider moving if you're St. Louis? I mean, who's got the big contracts on St. Louis? There's not really that many huge contracts on St. Louis. I mean, what's Ryan O'Reilly paid? Not that you'd move him, but what's – He's getting paid seven and a half mil. For and that's the, that's the highest contract at any Ford. Brain Shen's new extension kicks in. What's Petrangelo going to want? Eight? Nine? Probably. Oh, and you have to pay Bennington after next season, too? They have no cap space. Tarasenko's getting well, seven and a half mil. Bennington's getting 4.4. Next and year, Jake just- Allen's getting 4.3. So, when theoretically, when Bennington's contract comes off, so does Jake Allen. And some of that money could be put right into Bennington. Tarasenko's getting seven five as well. Justin Falk is getting six and a half mil starting next that year. That shouldn't be happening. That extension kicks in. I forgot St. Louis had Scandella. Marco Scandella is getting three two seven five. I mean, an extension. Too. I would have to. You'd have to move Jake Allen now, in order to be able to re-sign Petrangelo. You move Schwartz. 
At five, seven. He's going to want an upgrade. He's going to want a raise. Or Schwartz or Bozak. Who do you Between those two. I would say Steen. Yeah, nobody's going to take Steen. Well, he he also has a no trade. trade. Schwartz is modified. And he's going to be entering age 37 at 5.75 mil. Shen's going to be tough to move because not a lot of teams are willing to take on that type of term for a 28-year-old, you know? Peron? I mean, the player with the most value that you probably move. What about Tarasenko? At seven and a half? Yeah, but he's so valuable. There's a lot of value there. And you could get back a player who's probably – you can get back picks, definitely. And a player who could, you know, fill somewhere in the depth position – down the line, and they didn't play bad without Tarasenko this year. I, you trade Pareko? I think Colton Pareko's really good. I do too. And I think whether or not actually you keep Petrangelo is how much uh, you really have faith in Colton Pareko. That's the thing. Are you willing to make these moves for Petrangelo? If I'm St. Louis, call me crazy, I'm saying no. I would definitely get to the point where – I would trade – I would get rid of Jake Allen in order to keep Alex Petrangelo. Oh, I would too. And I would say I'd probably get rid of Tyler Bozak too. So that right there. And yeah. Alex Steen. But after that, I, I don't I, – I don't think you're getting value for Steen. I think you can get value for Bozak. No, Steen would be a dump, if anything. Like, you'd need to make that really worth a team's wild. Uh, I don't know. That Justin Falk contract sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, especially since it kicks in next year. So there's half the money coming from the Jake Allen contract if you were to take him off. 69 games, 16 points. Yeah. It was an all-star in Carolina. That's not what they were expecting when he got to St. Louis. I think Petranza is going to end up with a team. I don't think he's going to be with St. Louis personally. I think he's going to end up with a team that has no chance of winning, and they're just going to regret the contract. The, the so, oh, Mon- so Montreal. Okay. No, I think a little bit worse than Montreal. I can actually see him signing with like a Detroit. Does Detroit have money? Is the thing? Do, don't they? I, I can't imagine their money. Oh no! Wait, they have a ton of just bad contracts from when they were decent. Because that would be the death of them. They're they still can- paying Danny DeKaiser for three years, and they still have Zetterberg for another six mil. What about Ottawa? Ottawa's interesting. That's the one I was thinking. <sighs> Callahan, Callahan's on IR anyway. Gab, Rick Clark, MacArthur, Nielsen. Uh, Detroit this, still paying Stephen Weiss. Ottawa's paying for enough for the next four years. Is it Ottawa or LA that's paying for enough? Ottawa's paying 7290 uh, seven hundred twenty-nine thousand this year, and then a million next year, and then three five four the year after, and then three five four the year after that. I mean, but listen, Ottawa's got a problem. Ottawa's got to pay Declare because I imagine they're going to resign him. They got to pay uh, Brady Kachuk a little bit down the line, but there is room for one major major contract there. Bobby Ryan's contract sticks out there because it's not great at seven five. I don't. 
I can't wait for November first. I can't. It's so I, I much mean, fun. It's my it's my favorite day of the year because the Devils are never in anything. Second, my second favorite day is the trade deadline, and then when the playoffs start, that's my that's my third favorite. That's your third. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna wrap up this episode of uh, Touch Icing here, and I have an actual piece of trivia. This Yay. episode, are you ready? I am ready. Now this is a little bit of a tie into something I've done recently. I recently acquired a signed picture of Bobby Orr flying through the air after his goal in game four against St. Louis. Which was a good price at the price you bought it. Yes. 16 by 20 all frames and everything. Fanatics was having a sale. And uh, so I, my trivia question is, who was in net? What Hall of Fame goaltender was in net for the St. Louis Blues when Bobby Orr scored that goal. Keep in mind, for that Blues roster, the starter and backup were both Hall of Famers. So let that one soak in. We will see you next week on Touch Icing. Hopefully we will have the vote completed by the players and will be those soft dates for returning will now be hard dates. And hopefully Tyler's here. Hopefully Trish is here. Yeah. And we'll be one step closer to NHL return. So we will see you next week for another episode of touch icing.